Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'm recording this on a Monday morning, and I'm not going to lie to you, we already started recording and we're halfway through and realized that I had not pressed the record button. So here we go again. (laughs) Isn't it fun? Oh, this actually plays on a Monday morning. So listening, everyone's going to be like, yeah, feel this. It's a Monday, Monday, Monday. Please welcome Kaylee from Heritage Baby Designs. When I was taking on new applicants for the podcast. She sent me this whole beautiful email. It was actually really well-structured. In it, I read one line and I was like, I need you to come on and tell me the story. When we were recording already, we got a few minutes into the story and I still haven't heard it. So before I discovered that, you know, the recording button was not going. So we're going to start back at the beginning. Kaylee, tell us who you are and let's dive in to this. I had my baby in a car story. Hey, so hello to all those listening. I'm Kaylee, like Sarah said, from Heritage Baby Designs. And the real hook for my proposal is that I (laughs) had my baby in a car. In your husband's car. That's like my husband's nightmare. (laughs) My husband actually works in automotive engineering. (laughs) So he's like totally a car guy. And one of the first things I said after was, is your car okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a question you got to ask. I don't know. That sounds like such a movie story. Have a baby in a car, but like your second baby. Second baby. And everything was going completely different than it did the first time. So walk us through how the heck this happened. My son was two weeks early. 
water broke at midnight at 38 weeks and my contraction started an hour later, but it was no question that I was in labor. Yeah. Your water broke. You're in labor. Yeah. With my daughter, my water didn't break until she came out. And so I had gotten a sweep that morning and it felt not great, but I was cramping like mad. And I'd taken a nap while my toddler was napping. We woke up around 3.30 and I decided in, you know, to be nice and calm and cool, collected, to vacuum and mop the house. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped right, kills me. <laughs> jumped right in and started vacuuming. And my toddler's vacuuming with his little toy vacuum behind me. And I turned around to him and I said, I got to slow down. I'm feeling some things here. And I don't know yeah. if I'm in labor, but I should take a breather because it's hurting. And so he said, okay, mommy. And I chilled out a bit. By the time I got to mopping, I just kind of did a quick once over of the house. Like the house was not clean. <laughs> I love that you were like, hold on, I'm in labor. Let me just give it a once over. Yeah, just a once over, yeah. <laughs> so I did that. And by the end, I was like, no, I, I got to get in the bathtub because, so I had experienced prodromal labor with both my kids, which is essentially false labor, but your body really is doing the work to mm-hmm. start getting that baby out. But it doesn't progress. And I thought, you know what? This is prodromal again. If I get in the bath, it's going to calm down. I can make dinner. Yes, that's where my mind was. <laughs> like, I'll make dinner. Oh and my so gosh. I get in the bathtub. I get some toys and some snacks for my kid. And we're just like, but we're camping out in the bathroom. <laughs> so I got in the bath and it did not slow down. So at this point, it's probably 4.30. And my husband, no, it was about four o'clock. And my husband leaves work at 4.30 and he's just half hour north. Yeah. You know what? He's going to be leaving soon and get home. It was 25 hours of labor with my son. I got time. <laughs> like, I got time. He doesn't need yeah. to come home a half hour earlier. He needed to come home a half hour earlier. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that particular day. <laughs> so I texted my mom, who's about an hour south of us. And I texted my mother-in-law to get my toddler, who's about a half hour south of us. And you're in Ontario. So how's the traffic? When we're talking half an hour, is that a variable? So my mom and my mother-in-law were actually going to be traveling in rush hour from the city. Adding up the times here. I'm like, this is not sounding great. No, it's not great. Yeah. (laughs) So it's rush hour. It's like a Wednesday. It's not like a normal, a weekend. It's a Wednesday during rush hour. And I thought, yeah, here we go. And it was after school and work had gotten back. She was born January 8th. So we're not no longer in the holidays. It's winter. (laughs) I was like, yeah, uh, moms, I need you to come, please. I might be in labor. And that's what I kept saying. I don't know if this is really it, but let's just start the wheels going and Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. So my mother-in-law shows up and my mom gets in her car, starts making her way up. And I said, if we get to the hospital before you, we just keep going to the hospital. And so my mother-in-law shows up, I'm in the tub. And I said, I really wish I could help you, but I like, I can't get out. I wish I could help you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. You're normal. like the sweetest woman I've ever met. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can help you. My husband happened to have gotten home just before his mom. So he yes. changed the toddler into dry clothes, packed a little bag for him and sent him on his way with his mom. We should have left the house that moment. That was... You didn't leave the house at this moment? You don't know how many people say that exact thing to me. (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand. When I was in the moment, I was like so stuck. My contractions were coming fast. I had just started timing them. And by the time I got myself out of the tub and my husband looked at my phone, like looked at the contraction timer, contractions were two minutes apart. He goes, why are we still here? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Get in the car. We finally got in the car. I texted my mom at 6.08. And there was a moment right before we left where I fell to the ground with this massive wave. And I said out loud, honey, I don't know if we're going to make it. And he paused for half a second and looked at me as if to say, what do you mean 
you know, we're not going to make it. Do we stay home under midwife care? So staying home was a perfectly viable option. Totally. And I said, no, okay, fine. So he helped me off the floor, locked the dogs up in their crates and got out of the house as fast as we could. Started making our way to the hospital and probably about halfway, I had this one big contraction and I yelled, oh no. (laughs) And I say that I could hear the gas pedal, like more pressure be applied to the gas pedal. My husband flipped out. And then about over the this ridge, that's probably only 10 minutes from the hospital. The hospital is about half hour from home. It's probably about 10 minutes from the hospital over a bridge. I said, you need to pull over because in my mind, it was, you need to pull over because I need to collect myself. Like I thought I need to collect my thoughts. I can't control my body any longer. I just need a minute, maybe to move to the back seat or something before we make the last leg of this journey. Oh, in my head, you already were in the back seat. You were in the oh, front I'm seat. The front seat. Oh, okay. Two seats. My husband drives a Volkswagen Golf. This is not like a big <laughs> There was car seats in the back. Two car seats in the back already. And so- Oh I, no. So I'm like cramped in the front seat of this little car and he pulls over into a shell station, which is this little shell station. If anyone's familiar with Cookstown, Ontario, this teeny tiny town, this teeny tiny shell station parking lot that has- legit two parking spaces in it, but it was well lit parking lot. So he pulls over seconds later, I'm pulling my pants down and funny oh. enough, I decided totally TMI, but I decided not to wear underwear when I left the house. That's probably wise. I mean, they're going to take it off you as soon as you get there. That's what I said. I was like, it's going to come off. Anyway. It's just a barrier. So I just had yoga pants on and I pulled my pants down to my ankles and out came the baby. Oh, my, my husband, bless him, is such a calm, cool, collected human being. I am not. I'm the I'm the fire of the relationship. Minus this whole leading up to this, which apparently your fire was out and you were in the tub there. and washing the floors. <laughs> Thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner. <laughs> I'm not a calm person, but I will mop my floor when I'm in labor. That's very valid. The head came out and by the time the head was out, my husband was already dialing 911. Oh my goodness. I don't know how many people have ever had to dial 911. He didn't even do the 911. He actually hit the emergency button. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so by the time the baby came out, I heard, hi, this is so-and-so from dispatch. What's your emergency? And I said to him, that's really smart. I would have called the midwife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've called 911 before and I remember it feeling so unremarkable. Like I wanted them to panic with me and they don't panic. And that's I was like, job, hi, somebody's trying to break in. And they were like, okay, can you just walk me through what's, I'm like, no, 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 no walking through. Is there someone on their way? Yeah, sure. We will send somebody. I'm like, I don't feel like you get the urgency of this right now. They're very, very calm. So how long did it take before anybody even got to you? And what are you doing? Are you just sitting there holding this child? Like, did you even know what to do? I didn't feel like I knew what to do, but I don't know. Maybe it's the mother in me. Maybe I've always been really fascinated with child rearing and just childbirth. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot that I was kind of self-educated on. So it's January. I don't know if you guys remember last winter, but it was so, so cold. I know when you were saying that it was well lit and I'm like, it's like six something. Oh yeah. It's Canada in the winter. It's dark as heck after four. It took them eight minutes to get to us. And in that oh, time, okay. I made sure I could feel that my afterbirth wanted to start to come out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to cross my legs on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out, girl. <laughs> Maybe no, but this I can I can wait. And so I held the baby and my coat hadn't gone on because I was so hot. Yeah. Yeah. So my coat was in the back seat. And my husband like ripped my coat out from the back seat and we wrapped the baby in my coat. He blasted the heat in the car and pointed them kind of towards us. I started to go into, I don't know, shock shock, but my adrenaline was definitely pumping. So I was 
shivering and but the baby cried she was good at this point we still didn't know what the gender of the baby was we never found oh, wow. picked up the baby and then the woman on the phone's like is everything okay make sure the baby's warm and the dispatcher made sure to stay on the line with us i called the midwife on my phone so the two of them are kind of counseling us my midwife was an absolute shock <laughs> yeah i bet then they showed up baby was fine i opened her legs and the dispatcher was like what do you see and i was like oh it's a boy and my husband goes, oh yeah a boy and then i said wait a minute now you've had babies and you know it's so swollen and i thought no wait my son's testicles were a lot bigger than this yeah <laughs> no and so i had to do a double take and i said oh my gosh no i said it's a girl my husband started tearing up i i'm not a crier it's just really embarrassing he cried at our wedding i didn't and to this day people make oh, I love that though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have been like, yeah, that's sweet of you. <laughs> I always said to my husband, if he didn't cry on our wedding day, I was walking right back out. I don't even remember if he did. So apparently I stayed, but I like a guy who like carries some emotions. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they showed up. I got into the ambulance, but it was amazing. I delivered my son on an epidural after 13 hours of laboring. I was like, I'm tired. I need a nap with my daughter. I didn't have time. And I was like, what's happening? How am I standing right now? <laughs> This is just this past January. You've got a six-month-old and you've got a toddler and you have heritage baby designs. Now, there's a couple factors with you and why I was particularly taken with you. First of all, I love that you have this zero-waste approach to your product. So your slings being a first one. Secondly, you are not only a female-owned business in Canada, you were also a Black woman-owned business. After Black Lives Matter movement, we got to know the numbers around that. And I think for a lot of us realized the importance of supporting Black-owned businesses, but especially women. And even within the entrepreneurial world, how much there is like a huge divide in terms of rate of pay and everything. But that's what impressed me even more about you because we're talking about this bit before we started recording, but Normally, when it comes to inclusivity in designs and styles and stuff, a lot of small businesses really just can't make it work. And one thing I really loved about you is that you said when you were designing the rings that you wanted to make them long enough to be inclusive for all. Like you're against the odds, but you still made these efforts and you did it in such a cool way. So tell me how this all was born, because I think a lot of us sometimes sit around and we're like, you know, like I would really love to see this happen. I would really love to see this business. I would really love to do something, but there's this stall in us. There's this like, I don't know if I could. And, and seeing you kind of do this in a way that is so non-traditional to the marketplace, honestly, really inspiring. And your products are beautiful. Like they're stunning and affordable. I don't know what all is out there now, but back when I had my kids, I didn't get a ring sling until the third. And I was like, what was motherhood before this? Truly, what was motherhood before this? So I want to hear the story of your business. I want to know how it was born and what made you kind of get into the some of the ethics around it and, and building it in such a way that both sustainable and, you know, inclusive, which is just not words we often hear combined. So I have a nine to five, I'll call it. It's not traditional nine to five, but I do have a day job. I'm currently on maternity leave. I was on maternity leave with my son and it was probably just the last two, three months. I had fallen in love with another Canadian ring sling brand. And I wanted a third sling. So at this point, I already had two. They're like shirts. You want different styles. <laughs> They're so stylish. So I started looking. The ones that I really loved were pretty pricey. And on maternity leave, we are so fortunate here. Still equal the amount of money I was making for my salary, right? It's not. Right. And so by now I'm at the end of maternity leave, looking at these things that are over $200 that I was really 
invested in, and some of them over 200 US, I decided to make one. And I know how to sew. I had known how. I had this really old, from the 70s, teeny tiny little pocket machine. And I decided I'm just going to try and make one. So I went out to Fabricland and I got some fabric. I messed up the first one completely, made a second one, fell in love with it. And I thought, this isn't that bad. In the process of making my own, looked up some of the safety precautions and things that I had to do to make it safe for my own child. But as I was reading it, I thought, you know, I can do this. I can totally sell this product. I'm so passionate about baby wearing. And so I thought, why not? Why not give it a shot? Thought of a name really quickly. It probably took me a couple of days to think of a name with my husband's help. And then I just started on the social media journey of trying to build the audience. I think I had my Instagram up six months before I launched a product. Wow, good for you. That's thinking ahead, man. Like Not a lot of people do that. That's really smart. It allowed me the time to build an audience, got some product testers, um, some women local to me. Now, like one of my closest friends. Oh, I love that. Her daughters are five days apart. <laughs> it's crazy. I've met some amazing women through it. But one of the things I was looking for in a brand, which is why I ultimately didn't land on one, is I wanted a brand that was affordable and inclusive. I'm not a big, big girl, but I'm not a small girl by any means. And I've got a large, very large chest. I'm a G or an H cup and with breast milk in them. So that baby sling would be like up to your neck, basically. Yeah, exactly. And plus a baby, which it's supposed to hold up to a toddler, but once you get a toddler sized human, plus my body, plus my boobs in there. And so I thought, you know, I can do this and have the amount of fabric that I want to fit me, my child, my boobs, my body. And at the same time, it can be affordable. I obviously want to make money on this product, but baby wearing has become, for lack of a better term, so mainstream, price gouging happening. Linen that I use is not cheap. It's really high quality, but I can still make money on it and provide something that's attainable. I grew up with a single mother in Scarborough. We did not have a ton of money growing up. I was still, I still had amazing experiences as a child. I still got to travel and things, but when it came to little frivolous items, it was like, do you want to go on vacation? Like I never had game consoles as a kid is something I never had in this house because it was one or the other. And so I thought there are going to be other people out there, other parents out there who can't necessarily afford that $150 baby carrier or sling versatile. And a ring sling can be worn with babies from eight to 35 pounds. So that's newborn to like a three-year-old. It can be worn on your back, on your front, on your side, multiple wearers. So we can go out with one sling and our two kids and all four of us at some point are wrapped up in the same sling. I think what I really liked about the slings is it made it, I don't know, in a way they're stylish. It didn't feel like a backpack on my body with buckles and things like that. I had the worst luck with buckles. I always pinched my kids. But in the ring slings, the other thing I really liked about it was that it made nursing so easy because it was just as easy as just being able to pop out a boob. And because the tail of it being long, I could throw it over my shoulder and ever, it just looked like I was wearing a nice scarf and my baby was eating. I'm walking around the mall. These were things that like, I went from struggling through so many strollers, trying to figure out life by, I'm almost sad that I didn't get there with having a sling until the third, because it was such a lifesaver. And a lot of the other ones really overwhelmed me. I'll be honest. The ring sling was simple and easy for me to use. Is there actual like benefits for the child as well in terms of baby wearing? The benefits for the mother are connection, women who suffer with postpartum depression, something that is advised is touch. And so mm. wearing in general is just really great for getting that baby up close to you. You can do skin to skin with summer babies, like get naked, get your naked and put that ring sling around you. 
you are now covered. You're both benefiting from those happy hormones that flow through us when you get that skin to skin. So that can repair is really easy to to achieve in a ring sling. Some other things, even my toddler, when he has a fit, you know, he's two, <laughs> he's still two. <laughs> and uh, if he's having a moment and I'm trying to cook dinner, I can say, hey, do you want some snuggles? And he can yeah. in the ring sling. He can take his time, come to his emotions, get a nice little calm down, but I can still keep on with my day because let's face it, every time a toddler has a tantrum or has a little bit of a fit, you, you can't take out that time all every day. There's just too much going on. Yeah, absolutely. Quarantine. There's just too much going on. They've really come in handy for me there. Um, and for him, he, he gets that closeness with me or my husband or a grandparent. Um, and he gets to be nice up and close and cuddled in, which is great for him. And then for my daughter, she gets to feel my heartbeat against her. She gets really great naps in the ring sling. I love that. Amazing. I love baby wearing. I'm really kind of glad that it's become a little bit mainstream because it is bringing out brands like you who are a lot more inclusive and stuff as well. But talk about why you went down the path of going with zero waste. Like where did that stem from? And and how do you, how do you figure out sourcing? Made the decision a couple of years ago, probably when I was pregnant, that I wanted to start living a life of just creating less waste. And mm-hmm. when I was pregnant, we decided to go the route of cloth diaper. That's a big move. Turns out it's so easy. Is it? My husband and I, generally speaking, when it comes to these things, are like a little lazy. So we did not want anything that was going to complicate, overcomplicate our lives. No, 100%. Diapers that are just as easy to use as disposables. The only difference is an extra two loads of laundry per week. And that really depends on how many diapers you have. And so in that decision, while I was making the slings, I thought, if I'm going to do this business and do it right and make it inclusive, I need to put input all of my values that are reasonable into this brand, including living a greener life. Figured, you know, I'm going to hold on to my scraps. I'm going to only order exactly what I need. I'm never going to order too much material and then be left with what? When someone else can use it, yes. um, someone else can purchase it for something. Now I still end up with some scrap that's going to happen. And so I started making bibs and blankets. In the bibs, one of my friends on Instagram tagged me and she said, oh, the bib is this cute little lovey for my son. And I looked at that picture and I messaged her. I was like, oh my God, you're a genius. <laughs> and I thought, loveys, that's what I need to make. I need to make a lovey. What's a lovey though? I don't know what that is. No, it's just like a little buddy. Oh my goodness. Okay. I saw these on your page. So just to describe it, it's like a little, like there's a stuffy at the top, a blanket at the bottom and a little chew guy, like a spot for a little chew toy. I include a wooden chew toy, which is really great. It's a beech wood. I thought, oh my gosh, that is so smart. And I love to dye my linen. So I just, I had a lot of this cream colored linen leftover. It's one of my most popular ones. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. So I just made a handful and they sold out, they sold like hotcakes. <laughs> that is incredible. So I've since done a second drop of them and I've already planned two more because people love them. Yeah, they're adorable. Babies love tags for whatever reason. So like the little ears and little bits and sister has six kids and they all call them dookies. These are these little tiny square blankets, but instead of dragging this big blanket around, they have this like little square one. And I always thought that was so sweet because my sister had five boys before she ever had a girl. My son is the only boy of mine and he wanted to be one of hers so badly because he was like, I want to be in the boys club. So when he was like three, we got him a dookie. Just (laughs) he was like, I have one too. I'm like, you're not even a baby, but okay. Those are so popular. Like those little 
anything little like texture like that. But I'm just blown away that you're doing this while on mat leave and then also still having a nine to five job. Do you hope to one day be able to expand this as like a way to make an actual living for yourself as well? Embarrassingly, haven't put a ton of thought into that part of the business. I think it just Fair. passion project and it still is quite a bit of a passion. I yes, not done having children. So this is some, this is the part of my life that I'm in. Um, so I can talk to it so easily. And I think I would like it to be kind of my main source of income. That said, the job I have, I love. I love the company I work for. I love my coworkers. And it's not to say I couldn't keep in touch with them. I'm just not, I know. not ready to part with that part of my life just yet. Maybe one day, uh, right now is not the day, but we'll see where it goes. I think it also takes a little bit of the pressure off the business. I can make decisions kind of a little bit more with my heart and a little less with my head. Um, if it flies, cool. But if it doesn't, I haven't lost too much, you know, and I'm, I'm not putting so much of my identity into each product. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I think people forget that sometimes too, because I, I'm someone who is existing now in her side hustle, but I did this as a true side gig for a decade before I ever quit my job. A lot of people, when they look at jobs that, you know, exist on social media or working for yourself, it's so alluring. It's so exciting. It seems so amazing to be your own boss, but you forget the other parts that are kind of exciting too, which is when it's a side hustle, it's just a joy. It doesn't ever get to that point where it, like I now, like as much as I love, love, love doing what I do, I still have like that, what used to be my Monday morning dread for a career job is now my Monday morning for what used to just straight up be my passion. So keeping your heart in it is so, so key. And I love that you're building it as like this passion project, because then you are really in it. And it's not just because you need to do it. Your heart is in this. And I think that's so, so special. And I don't want to scale it yet to the point where I have to remove myself from any part of the process. Um, I really enjoy almost every part of the process, um, yeah. especially getting to learn my day job. I work as a business coach. And so a lot of the business side of things, I do have a deeper understanding for. So it's a lot of the creative side that I can really pour myself into. Not wanting to leave the workplace is honestly love that I'm a black presence in the workplace. I am a black female and I go into these businesses that I help thrive. And, you know, there's the ultimate privilege standing in front of me. I'm like, Hey, I'm the one that's going to teach you. You ready? (laughs) That is so cool. I love that part of my job. It's really empowering. Before we like finish off anything, how has it been for you? I mean, you're in the middle of running a business. This has been your existence in your life, but what was being a black woman in Canada? And I think a lot of people thought this isn't a Canadian issue. What did the Black Lives Matter movement mean for you? I actually, Facebook reminded me of a post that I put up three years ago where it explained it was from a beauty blogger who was saying Black Lives Matter and here are some things that you don't understand that we have to deal with on a daily basis. And I posted that three years ago and I read it and I said, yeah, this is not a new problem. Um, Growing up with a Black mother in my Black house with my Black family, we always knew that we were Black and other people weren't. And well, it's no secret. And when I started my business, one of the things I said to my husband out loud was, I don't want to lead with my blackness, but I'm also not going to shy away from it. And I posted my face. My skin was one of the first things that you'll see on my feed. There's tons of me and other black, Asian, white men, women, older, younger on my feed. Yeah. I noticed that. That's who wears a baby. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. The one thing that I learned early on in the Black Lives Matter movement was how many 
Black entrepreneurs were not presenting themselves within their own business. So hearing you say that you did that straight from the beginning, it does show that you were kind of like ready for that and aware of that. But it made me really sad knowing how many businesses actually tried to make themselves more palatable by hiding their blackness. And you kind of brought it to the forefront in a way of being inclusive. And I, and I'm really so happy that that's been a success for you and that it continues to grow. You've got, and you've said like, you've actually grown quite a mom community out of this as well. Yeah. Such a huge community. And I think that's the most important. I think every mom out there knows that that loneliness as a mother is so, so real. Um, that loneliness as a black mother is so, so real. There are things that my friends with my white friends with their white children don't have to worry about the fact that children present differently when they walk outside the door. And my children, though fair skinned, my husband is white, are still black. And there's actually another layer of that where my children to some won't be black enough for the black community and are not white enough for the white community. So they're going to have to find their way, what their identity is and how that fits into society. And to think that my son could potentially go out and be arrested or, you know, these things are happening in Canada also. They are. My brother has dreads like I do is dark skin as I am. He's 21 years old. And when all this started happening, he started speaking up and telling his stories of getting stopped by police or getting questioned by security. My brother is the sweetest human being you'll ever meet. He cuddles cats to sleep. Like (laughs) that's, that's his soul. That's not what people see. They see this man that presents as a thug. He does not look like a thug, quote unquote, you know, that's very much our reality. He's more fair skinned, um, but he's over six feet tall. He's like, he's a big, he's a big black man. And better believe people are afraid of him when he walks down the street. And again, he's, he cuddles cats to sleep. Like he's not this malicious man. He's hardworking, comes from a loving family, just like anyone else. Yeah. And I think this is one of the biggest things that Canada's had to face is we really felt like we weren't a part of it. And I was one of the people that went in and took the Harvard bias test and recognized that didn't even think it was there. There are still biases that exist within us. Growing up where I live, it is predominantly white. And so you start to, you don't realize how much media has fed us this narrative over and over throughout our lives, throughout history with intention. Like we can't just say like, it's not with intention. It's if you've watched the 13th, like we know it's with intention. Like it has been put there and we have to unlearn it. And so I'm honestly, I'm so glad you wrote me that email that day. I'm so glad you had a baby in a car. It made me want to talk to you. Cause first of all, I have to tell you right now, cause I've been doing podcasting for over a year now. You're an incredible storyteller. Like you're an incredible storyteller. So I'm just, I really love what you're doing. Tell everyone where they can find you because I think you're cool as hell. I love your brand. I want everyone to just like follow and support you, even just as like the next baby gift they need to buy for their friend, just to even follow and support your community. I think what you're doing is great. And I think that we need to show up and kind of show this support to women like you who are kind of like doing this amazing things with their passion. So tell us where you find you on Instagram and all the things. Yeah. So I am heritage baby designs everywhere. That's like lesson number one. If anyone's going out to do a business, <laughs> it has to be the same name everywhere. <laughs> I am Yeah. heritage baby designs on Facebook and on Instagram, all one word, no underscores, no dots. And then heritagebaby.ca is the website. I currently have loveys in stock and I have some pretty beautiful hand-dyed loveys in stock right now. Oh my gosh. And I have two slings, one new one launching 
and one restocking uh, at the end of this week, actually. So, oh my gosh, this is going to be my life now. I'm going to be stocking. I already saw you had like a tie dye one that like sold out so fast. And I was like, oh, this is going to be my life. I'm just going to be like stocking the designs, <laughs> which is kind of fun. I love businesses like that, though. It kind of feels like you win the lottery when you get them because they're like, People forget like when you go to like and you shop like one of a kind shows and stuff, it feels like you're winning the lottery. Like you see someone else get something and you're like, dang it. Like you got here early. Like that's such a, that's the thrill of shopping one of a kind made items is you really get that, that one off, that custom thing. And it, and it'll be so special, right? Between the maker and you. And and I've always loved that. I started my, you know, being able to pay for blogging back in the day, because there are things you, components you have to pay for. I did it by selling jewelry on Etsy. And it was such a, it was a community builder for me. It was so fun. It was such a neat way to be a maker and like make connections with people. So I've got such a heart for it. And I just absolutely love what you're doing. So Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your story as a, that was a roller coaster of a story, <laughs> but it was really great. And, uh, for everyone listening, go check out heritage baby designs and, uh, see how you can support and even learn more about baby wearing and what all that means as well. And we'll see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Thank you.